All right. Any better? Yep. I can't quite hear you. So I hear you. I hear you. I hear Dan. Right. Is that better? It's all fine. I can hear you now. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, so, so I guess I didn't fuck up, huh? Mr. Uh, Mr. Terse message. <laughs> it's hard. If you you want me to read it back to you? Here, you go ahead and start the recording. Start the recording. It. Let's it's start recorded. the show. No, I'll read it back to you. Ready? Here's what you said to me. Yeah. Here's you. Can you not hear me? It's not on my end. I just recorded, recorded one, one earlier. earlier. I am very, I am very sure. sure. And I, I'm talking to you. You can hear me. And, and and I say, well, I don't know. Could it be this? You say, no. And it's showing on the meters in clean feed and an audio hijack. And then you say, let me try quitting. And then you came back and now I can hear you. I, I forced uh, clean feed to restart. So it. Uh huh. Maybe uh-huh. Fix. Hey, you want to own any of that at all? I'll own it all, man. Yeah, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Every cubic inch of it is is property of property of Dan. I am the worst texture in the world, and I know that. And people who are in my life have had to deal with it for a very long time. Oh man, Dan, that's you are a terrible texture. You're a famously terrible texture. The worst. But it's also it's an imperfect. It's an imperfect medium. It really is. Yeah. It really is. You know what? But a part of it is, and I know this is not, I'm not the first person to realize this. We, we go all the way back to like, oh, you use a smiley face or a winky face so they know that you're kidding. It's like, well, the stuff in the band per se is part of the problem that, you know, but everything outside the band is really the problem. And I can give you like 11 examples. Here's one. This is not when I say you here, I just mean anybody texting me. Like, I, I'm not responding to you because I didn't see your text yet or I have DND on. Uh, one thing I'm doing now is I leave my personal setting for DND on like a lot of the time. I started doing it over the holiday break, and I really like it. So you know, oh, okay. So out of the band, well, what, what do you respond to my message? I didn't see your message. Okay, or then like some, you know, all kinds of things that will not be apparent, and it just looks like dot 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 or message delivered, and it's like I don't know how we ever solve that in a way that's not creepy. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's frustrating because like people will say, "Oh, just you know, use an emoji to let people know." And like, that's I guess that's valid because you know, because that's what people do. That's it's a con- it's a convention at this point, Dan. Yeah, I mean, it's like it me really exclamation points. I hate how many exclamation points I feel I have to use, otherwise I sound like a jerk. Yeah, I know, and I've like like we said, I've I've always been told how bad. Like of a texture that I am, and I tried. You, you, like I back, used to back try. in the aim days, you and I first chatted, I believe, when we were on. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. When we first became acquainted, a little bit before we started this program. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this month it's tw- tw- twelve years. Twelve of doing, years of doing the show. I think. Yeah, might, yeah, this month, right? Yeah. Um, but before that, we were both on aim. And, That's uh, right. Yeah. 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 And you were. I think you were Hive Logic. Yeah, it's probably right. I think I was Hot Dogs Ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Baby. January 18, 2011. Mm, <laughs> I don't love that. But now we're here, Dan. It's Rabbit Rabbit. It's a new year. It's an optimistic day. You were wrong. I was wrong. And you're terrible at texting. And mm-hmm. I think now we put all of that behind us. You know what I'm saying? The new broom. Let's, yeah, let's, let's start fresh. You ever heard that new phrase, year. new broom? No, I but I mean, I feel like I feel like you should tell me about it. Oh, thank you. I I feel like I hear it in maybe I know it from the thick of it, or you know, the uh, the movie version of the thick of it, yeah. which you know is the guy who did Veep. Um, 
But new broom is like, oh, you know, hey, it's time to call for an election. We need a new prime minister, you know, new broom. And, of course, the irony is, as, uh, as some listeners may know, we have a, uh, something in our house, a bit. Can I tell you about our bit? Mm-hmm. Our bit is that uh, uh, one, to- one time, one time when my child was still very young and not heavily involved in the Chris- Christmasing holiday in mm-hmm. process, uh, my wife actually did ask for not just like a new uh, a broom, but like kind of like a nice-ish, fancy-ish broom. And I, I remember saying, you've got to be kidding me. This is like, a- this is like asking a man... If you're in a you know man woman relationship, I don't know what, what what kind of relationship people are in. But somebody says, "Does the do these pants make my ass look big?" Is the yeah, classic right. example. That's the classic, right? Which it's even it's even worse in some ways than does it look like I'm gaining weight? No <laughs> right. matter what you say, you can't you, you can't answer these questions. It's no, it's, it's almost like have you stopped, have you stopped beating, beating your yes, wife? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, and so I did. I said, "There's no way you've got to be kidding me. I'm not going to get you a broom." Word of that gets out. I'm dead in this world. But I did, and then it became a bit. And so every Christmas, my kid and I get my wife a broom. Every a the same broom or a different broom? No, that's that's part of the fun. Is we we, we don't like to repeat ourselves. <laughs> so the second one was probably like a you know a lo- what they call a lobby broom. You know, like at a movie theater, the little sweepy bucket and a little. Oh yeah. And then one time, um, from from um, what's it called? Not miso. That's a kind of soup. It's the soup Daiso. that they serve before the sushi comes out. Yeah, daiso soup. Hi, hi, um, arigato. And so one time we got a funny, a funny little daiso, a tiny one. And this year, Dan, we went ba 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 old school. Have you ever heard of broom corn? <laughs> Dan, have you ever heard of broom corn? <laughs> no. I hadn't either, and it's now my favorite. It's a single word, broom corn. This is a corn cob pipe with a tuft of straw sticking out of it. Yes, yes. I got it at a Stuckey's in West Virginia. Not even a good Virginia. And and but the <laughs> wow. my people are from there. Shut up. Anyways, uh, and this year we got a broom corn broom. And I'm telling you, this is the smoothest broom I've ever operated. Have you ever seen you know what a broom looks like? Imagine a broom, okay? Is this like when you type in, um, like if someone says ATM machine? Oh, a pin number? Like a broom corn broom? This just looks like a broom. Exactly. That's the thing, and that's how they get you. It's a recursive broom. I don't know what broom stands for. Probably broom wrecking. I mean, like when we were kids. This is just a broom that we had when we were kids. Yeah, but here's the thing. We got big broom title big broom has convinced <laughs> us that we need these store-bought brooms and i just want to you know what all i'm gonna do dan i'm gonna find this for show notes yeah. because I'm, I'm gonna flex a little bit yeah because it's a bit um a broom corn broom uh, the one we got is if memory serves it's called a professional broom and it's a broom corn broom <laughs> it's, a, it's a broom corn broom um oh shoot we got it at a store i tried to shop local this year so i don't see it in here but i'll find a good professional broom corn broom i'm gonna write it down i'll add that to notes do you have bits like drill bits sure oh man don't get me started i'm 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 deep in the dremel right now i'm dremeling to a dremel tool now it's 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 the worst it's the worst it's the worst yeah i i'm now becoming somewhat famous in my household as the guy who, who acquires too much stuff for a project that doesn't need to be done. And so I'm, I'm learning my Dremel, and I'm training on my Dremel. When I'm done with you here, I'm going to go get some uh, polishing compound. 
because you can pol- you can polish. <laughs> I also have something arriving tomorrow I'm very excited about. Made by the Dremel company. It turns your Dremel. I got the nice Dremel, the 8000 series. Um, and the and it, it turns your Dremel <laughs> into like a little strap-on, uh, like a tabletop thing. Like y- you strap it to your table and then you can use it like a saw. How cool is that? That's certainly not going to cause a problem for me. So into the Dremel, bits. I like bits. Bits are good in life. Drill bits, but also the bits that we have with, with the people in our life. You and I have bits. We don't talk about it, but we do. Yeah. No, that's true. It's our concern, dude. Yeah, this okay. is our concern. Broom, I just rewatch, rewatched it again. I tried to get the kid to watch it, and I, I almost did it. Yeah, almost I watched it with it. my boy. Does he like it? Yeah, this is the third or fourth time he's seen it, I think. Oh, so he needs six or seven more before it really takes. Yeah, but he's really, he's really into it, so I feel like that counts for at least an, one extra. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's like a, um, what do they call that in chemistry? Uh, chemicals, additive, mm. synergy. There's Catal- something catalyst. happening. Ca- catalyst. Broom corn. Broom corn. Broom corn catalyst. The, uh, the getting into it is good. It does take time. You know, though, it's like, it's like anything where if you do it enough, you kind of can't help but get less bad at it. And that goes for movies too. We just finished, and this is the reason uh, Teen Protective Services title will be coming to my home, is that so my kid was off for two school weeks, just went back today. And uh, so we'd, we'd watched all of Better Call Saul, mm. which the kid was very now, into. Now, did you, have you seen Breaking Bad before well, it? The thi- well, that's what I'm getting to. Okay. That's what I'm getting to. I had seen, I thought, all of it. I know I definitely saw like the last two seasons, but my wife, again, it's another one where my wife was more into it than me, but I got into it. Anyhow, then we watched all of Better Call Saul, and then we're like, well, obviously. We'd skipped around a little bit. The kid had seen the first episode, you know, the RV and whatnot. Right. And um, this morning, we got, we're halfway through Ozymandias, directed by the great Ryan Johnson. We're on the second to the last episode right now of Breaking Bad. Mm. And here's what I'm going to say about that. And I'm, this is going to cause a lot of problems. Yesterday on Roderick on the Line, I compared I compare Christians to doctors unfavorably. Um, today, the reason I'm going to get canceled is I think they should have stopped at the end of season four. I mean, in terms of like balls out quality and a mm. great ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've seen all Breaking Bad? Yeah, I've seen it all. And I'm trying it, but it, I only saw it twice and I haven't <laughs> seen it for a, what a long strange time to be alive. I know. And I, but I haven't seen it for a very, very long time. I saw it when it first came out. And then about a year or so later, I watched it again. And I don't remember. I mean, that's been years. It's been years and years so that I've forgotten a lot of it. Right, right. And it would be almost like a new watch for me. So I'm I kinda, forgot a lot of it too. The, but I feel um, like I can't just I can't just show him Better Call Saul because there's so much in Better Call Saul that ties into well, Exactly. So you can guess what's probably gonna happen next. I mean, we were in the bag for Gus Fring a big time after watching Better Call Saul. And now, I mean and, and I'm gonna mention a spoiler thing in a minute, but I'll do it in a non spoilery way. Oh um but but no, I, I I totally agree with you. And there's so and I, what's funny was watching, having watched, all, I think almost all of Breaking Bad, and then watching Better Call Saul. I, I kept saying to Madeline, I bet you. Well, first of all, obviously, I'm gonna gonna want to go straight back and start watching Breaking Bad. But also, I know I'm gonna appreciate so much more about Better Call Saul, which is such a good show. Yeah. There's so much more I'm gonna appreciate if I go back and watch Breaking Bad again, and it, yeah. it's absolutely been the case. 
But, you know, one of the things, there's a, a pretty good YouTube video uh, I might could find. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think this guy Thomas Flight has a channel that I like a lot. And he was talking, I think it was him, talking about um, the use of, well, you know how, like, almost not a Christopher Nolan way, but, you know, you take an episode like the Ice Cream Cone episode, mm -hmm. as the example he gives, is you start out and you're like, wait a minute, this cold open show starts, this is Better Call Saul, why, why are we zoomed in on an ant climbing to the tip beautifully shot, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. climbing to the tip of an ice cream cone. Like, what is that? Like, what is the deal with the world's greatest lawyer cup? All, there's all these things. Or, for example, the, um, the little pineapple-looking top mm -hmm. from the tequila, the mm -hmm. first time they ran yes, a con. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, and that's a thing that I call him Vince. Vince and his team do so well mm. is the way these, these – you could call them props, but these objects – are like are so important in the development of this and there's callbacks and they keep coming back. My problem with season five, I mean season five, it's fine. The whole heist with the train, come on. That's insane. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. No. And and I gotta say, like the whole I love it was uh, tense, Jen though. Don't you remember? I remember oh, that absolutely. as being very intense. Oh, it was well done. And then Landry's there, you know, from Friday Night Lights, coming just off Friday Night Lights. Um and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesse Plemons. So good in that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but like, I guess, I guess I feel like the whole thing with Jesse and Brock, which is a terrible name, Jesse and the girl's son, and was it Ryson or was it Lily of the Valley and his obsession with that? And they, it just keeps coming back. And I'm like, I, I never bought into this in season, really, in season four. And then in season five, it just, the amount of like, oh, I have to kill Walter because he tried to kill Brock. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I guess. I don't know if that worked. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to put something into notes. Um, you know how this is, Dan. You get into your program. You love your program. And then, like, you know, if you watch something once and then watch behind-the-scenes stuff or a Paley Center panel or whatever, it's fun. But if you've spent dozens of hours with people, it's so delightful, especially if you haven't seen behind-the-scenes stuff or, you know, them out of character. Um of course, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul has a YouTube channel that I discovered literally last night. Huh. And there's a thing that I guess a lot of people know about that happens at the end of season four involving a major character that is very shocking. First of all, because of... Do you remember what happens at the end of season four? At the I'm nursing not home? remembering it. It's so at long. At the nursing home, ding, ding, ding. Oh, yes. Okay? Yes. Um, and the way that all plays out... I mean, what happens to the person in that is just shocking. And yes. as prepared as you are for what that's going to look like, right? You you're not prepared. No, I was I was screaming when I saw uh -huh. what that character looked like. And um, what's neat is on the channel, there's a wonderful piece. I, I'm so gay bones for stuff like this. <laughs> it's a BTS of setting up the shot, Vince. Yeah. Setting up the shot with the crew, everybody there, the person with that 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 happens to mm -hmm. has on the, the amazing makeup. And like people are coming to the set because it's gonna be his last big day. So like, you know, Brian Cranston didn't have to be there for that shot, but he shows up. The guy who plays Hector, oh, obviously, shows up. And it's just all it's all really, really sweet. But then watching how Vince Gilligan sweated that. He, it was, it took, it's two different shots they blend together to get that effect. And for the one with our character and the makeup, mm -hmm. they did 19 takes. Whoa. 
which is a lot for TV. And, and this is all your stuff you've learned from the the BTS, the BTS. Yeah, I'm going to put this video. I'll put this video in the show notes in a minute, and I'll say spoilers for Breaking Bad season four or something like that. But I would like you to watch it if you're interested, because I think you'd enjoy it. Just the the guy, the the character, the guy. I'm sorry to be so weird. I hate spoiling stuff for people, but that that actor is just so good. I can't believe that's bugging out from Do the Right Thing. It's just so weird to me. It's but weird. It's so weird. Um, or 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 uh, or you know, Grand Grand Moff Giancarlo. You know. Um, anyways, um, and it's just so sweet. He's such a nice. He seems like such a nice guy, and he's such a serious actor. And he's like, I really had to like get into it. And Brian Cranston in his Talking Head is like, I know what it's like to realize you're playing a character who's. This is going to be not just your last scene probably for the show, but your character is going to die. And like for an actor, that's a that's a strange thing to sort of get right. through. But they, but I thought you'd appreciate it for all that BTS stuff, all that sweet stuff. And here's and kind of the most amazing thing that just sort of slips in the side door. Yeah, they shot 19 takes of this because Vince keeps going like it's not perfect yet, it's not perfect yet. He's not mad, but like he's like, okay, we got to reset. And there's lots to reset. It's a big moment. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but then he said, look, we got these 19 takes, and he had somebody on the crew. Show, basically show him the 19 takes without labels. So he didn't know what was take three, what was ta- take 17, mm-hmm. what was take one or 19. And this was just so they need to have a fresh mindset. Yeah, and guess what? He blind, totally, well, you know, unlabeled. He picked take 19, and that's the one they used. That's so funny. But that's, adjust, I mean, that's the ultimate the tie, kind of confirmation, isn't it? He adjusts his tie, Dan. It's the greatest gesture in the history of film. He comes out and he adjusts his tie. <laughs> oh God, what a great show! Um, so that's uh, so. Anyway, the reason that Teen Protective Services is coming uh, eventually <laughs> is that so we went once break started. Of course, there's the sort of things we watch and blah, 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 but we went hard on Breaking Bad. And let's just say that in the in the two school weeks. That the kid was at home. Mm. We went from I'm gonna let's let's be generous. S one E four maybe because we were already well into like I don't think this is a huge spoiler. This is season one. But remember when Walt goes to uh, Tuco or Nacho? I think it's when he goes to Nacho. Remember yeah. and he's he wants the money. He's going with the money and the drugs, and he brings like a little bomb with him, like yeah. a Batman bomb. Yeah. So, like, after that, through, up through the second to the last episode of season five today, we did all of that in two weeks. Wow. That's dedication. Oh, right? my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, wait, how much does that work out to a day? Well, I think there's a, around 12 episodes per season. That's about 50 episodes, I think. In a day? No, no, no. In two, two school weeks. So, that's... It's 14, so 50 by 14 about. There's a lot. Of, it's like when, when that's my like was, almost That's three and a half episodes a day. Well, you know, I mean days. What are days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. What What is a day? What is a day? If what only there know? was a way to quantify I or measure that. No, it's, let's get some sun, no, sunlight on this problem. The, um, but boy, that's a good show. First hey, principles. y'all, it's a really good show. And, um, and I've heard really good things about Vince Gilligan, which is nice. I've heard that working with him is is really really good. And I Ryan like, Johnson. I like hearing that. And I became aware of this again because uh, the other thing that like I I love the first Knives Out movie. I love the second Knives Out movie too. Ryan and I I just like I still like stuff Ryan Johnson has done. I still haven't seen Brick, but I really like Ryan Johnson. He directed like three or four. He directed Ozymandias. He directed the one in the desert with the 
Oh, the that the episode, really. That episode that, that was a Ryan is, Johnson. That's the big one. Now, I, now, here's what I also need to find out. That episode's called Ozymandias, and there, there is a point where, I forget who, one of the characters goes, yeah, yeah, I, the equivalent of like, I, yeah, I did it 35 minutes ago, which seems like a Watchmen reference. Is that a reference to the poem Ozymandias by, I want to say, Shelley? Oh, I, need, I need to find out. Probably, I'll put I think notes. they both refer to... Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's gotta. It's gotta. I, I don't remember Ozymandias though. I know when now he's the one. Alexander's the one who wept because there were no more lands to conquer. Mm-hmm. And Ozymandias is the one with the weird cat. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. Later played by Jeremy Irons. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Dan, it's a new year. Uh, we got things to talk about. You, you're bringing boxes. I'm bringing things to read. I'm gonna find broom corn broom professional comma professional. Yeah. And I'll do my best to find the one I've got because I'm I'm not doing this for the clicks. I don't make any money from this. Dan donates it all to I assume charity. Yeah, but I will find a broomcorn professional, broomcorn broom professional, mm-hmm. and I will find uh, and clearly mark the, um, the the scene I'm talking about. Did did you did, did you find a sponsor for us? No, I didn't. Um, we don't need a sponsor. We, we don't need one. We're beyond that. All right, I'm we we are now hundred uh, percent listeners. At least this episode is going to oh. be listener supported. Oh, that's so nice! And you can just flip that on and off. Yeah, there's no way for them to actually give their support, but it is listener supported. Um, I would love to see us move into what uh, we in the community we call it SpawnCon. I would love to see us move into SpawnCon, sponsor content. Um. Uh, it's something I really, I really enjoy. I enjoy it on the Max Shovel blogs. I love it on our local website. Yesterday, there was a headline on our local website under the shopping tag that said, um, "What was something? Lululemon? It was Lulu somebody. Lulu Row. Lulu Broomcorn. Lululemon has quietly released a new, um, basically, fanny pack." And I was like, "It was like how quietly did they release it? You bought an so ad, quiet. dude." We could do that. We could do, oh, do sh- should we qu- quietly uh, be, be a, um, you know, I heard about feed drops. That's a term I least recently learned. Maybe <laughs> we could do something similar here. Other kinds of drops people could, could come in. Or maybe we could have a Twitch where there would be a number flashing and you would thank somebody for sending you Ethereum or an iPod or buying yeah. you panties. Yeah. I'd buy you panties. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Do it. I don't even need a reason. Um, feed drops. What I have, what I have, huh? Feed drops. Ah, feed drops. What I've got today is, is is real weird, but it's something, if we don't have something else, I'd like to talk about a little bit. And you had a thing that you might want to talk about. Are those things we should talk about? Yeah. I mean, it was questions, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of questions. Yeah, I don't know a lot about this thing. Um, Will you do mine first and then do yours? Yeah, please. Okay. Uh, this is a weird one. Uh, and I'm trying to find a way, is there a news hook for this? Is there an angle for this? I think the way I want to present this is a little bit... Whenever you uh, say sk- angle, I imagine you're wearing like a, a, a light gray fedora with a nice dark band with a oh, little feather, okay. and you've got, the, you've, got the, you've got the little flip notebook in your hand and a little, oh, a little press? golf pencil, and you're like, what's the angle? And you're like, you're like, you're like a news, ah. you're like a, you know, get the little press card and you're sticking out of your hat 
I would love that. Again, I like would love to have a press card. kind of a vibe. A brother something, I, something I said on Twitter uh, recently about the great Mike Armentrot is that <laughs> this is the year I've decided to learn uh, to speak Mike Armentrot because there's one scene I watched like four times because it just kept making me laugh so much. This is a scene where they're figuring out, I think this is the point when they're figuring out, okay, so there's some witnesses they need to deal with in season five. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is on Twitter. It won't be there for long. So it's Jesse and Mike and um, Walt, not Whitman, hmm, but White. And, uh, and, and Mike says, Mike Ermitrot says, we do it the old-fashioned way. We hit Skid Row, the Crystal Palace, all the halfway houses, scrounge up about a dozen scales, put them to work smurfing cold pills. <laughs> and that, this, <laughs> when I get, am getting the angle on a story with my press hat, that is the way that I intend to talk. Ah. You know, kind of like in a screwball comedy. Yeah, no, know? I love it. I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be Cary Grant. I mean, no. you know, I'm married to a lady. <laughs> for now, let's see. For Noah Baumbach. <laughs> White noise is very good. Um, okay, so hello. Hey, it's a new year. Uh, Twitter is a dumpster fire uh, as ever, and a lot. It's just, Twitter's not as fun anymore. Oh. I used to like. Well, no, no. As I'm getting, going somewhere with this, which is that like, I, I pull, I pull, I pull. I rubber band, rubber band, rubber band, and it's not like, not giving me my fix. And when I don't get my fix, then I go to other things. I mm. look at Net Newswire. I look at a variety of different reading services, like what I've put in Instapaper or the OK Good app Matter. Um, but oftentimes, and yes, I did talk about this two weeks ago, but it's so good, I'm going to talk about it again. Part of my salvation right now is this um, Readwise Reader, which we mm-hmm. talked about recently. Mm-hmm. Readwise is that service for syncing highlights between all your things, and they have a product in beta right now that I'm just over the moon for and have been for some time. And um, I think it's called Reader. It's just if you get the app, it works great on the web, works great on your devices. You get, you can do a lot more with this. And so think of it as, if you like, think of it as like, if you've never used an app like this before, like Pocket or Read It Later or Instapaper, think of it kind of like Instapaper, but with, it can handle more things and do more things. And it's really like a kind of a ground up rethinking of what, if you like a power reader, sounds like a dumb thing to say, but somebody like me who like, I do bookmark and read a lot of stuff. And then I use a lot of that stuff in my way to prepare for things. So things like, you know, one thing I think I mentioned last time, after you bookmark a page, bookmarked a page on, in Safari, mm-hmm. you get this little, I showed you this, you get that little bar at the top where it's right. like, oh, guess what? Reader knows about this. So you can just do stuff like select any text on the page and it gets highlighted. And then those highlights sync across your devices, which either seems like a big nothing burger or, if you're me, the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, I love that ability to not have to like copy and paste with a markdown link into a text file. Like I know I can get to it. It's got great search. It's got tags. The tags are actually useful because in the tags also there's also a query language for building queries to like see like show me unseen articles of that would take this long to read. That have you know stuff like that. All it's it's all really really powerful. So first, I just wanted to say, yeah, Twitter's a dumpster fire. But like, I'm I'm really I'm enjoying. I'm not going to become like book guy or something. Uh-huh. But but yeah, I mean, Reader does allow EPUBs. So if you want to upload any of your books to that, you can read it in that same app, um, and that goes into your data stew, which is pretty cool. One really nice thing is it syncs with Instapaper. 
Um, so like when I add something to Instapaper, used time was I would like have to send something to three different places to be able to read it in three different places. And now if I add something to Instapaper, it automatically gets added to Readwise Reader, which I love. Um, but I'm, I'm fi- I found myself reading a little bit more. And as you'll see in a minute, there's Reader, Readwise Reader is helping with something uh, that I, th- I think is very interesting. And as I read more, I'm enjoying that app. Now, concomitant with Twitter falling apart, and it being the end of the year, you see a lot of, oh, sure, you're going to see a lot of gift guides, otherwise known as affiliate link to, um, blog posts. You're going to see a lot of that stuff. You're going to see a lot of like, here's how to pick your resolution or here's how to use your Apple Watch to you know, do your resolution or all that kind of stuff. But I've also just come across a lot of really reading, uh-huh. a lot of interesting stuff that I wanted to share with readers. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about all of it, but... Things I think are interesting have been added to notes for this episode. I love the ones where you like prepare for stuff. Well, do this. Hey, while I'm while I'm while I'm, I'm I'll kill time for a second. You mm-hmm. you go. Oh God, I gotta change my credit card. Oh no, my credit card expired, so my fireside's gonna go away. Okay. Um, go <laughs> if only to, you knew someone. I have three. I dude. That. I have three. I have three podcasts on there. I gotta pay you. You go to um. So go to go to the six zero. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, go to backtowork.lima slash six zero. One or two? I think this is one. Oh, okay, my bad. Six zero one. Um, go that go there and hit preview, and I'm gonna talk to you about it in a second. Um, so yeah, you go to backtowork.limo slash six zero one. You can find show notes for this episode, including a link to Readwise. But notice, and this is just purely, I'm just flexing. Did you go to the preview of the yeah, page so I'm you can see? Yeah. Right, now you're asking yourself because you're you're a smart cookie. You're asking yourself, what? That's wow. Look at that. Merlin wrote up a summary for all the things he linked to. Isn't that kind of interesting the way Merlin did that? That is nice. Are you seeing it? Are you yes, seeing all this? I am looking at it. Uh, an article called I'm a Very Slow Thinker by Derek Cybers. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this wonderful uh, summary that you can imagine I wrote that says the author of the text is a slow, slow thinker who does not have an immediate reaction to interesting conversations or deep questions, etc. Mm-hmm. Things you're allowed to do. This document outlines various things that can be done to make the most of resources and gain knowledge. Hey, guess what? This morning, you know what I did? Mm. I collected these links and then I utilized Readwise Reader in which all of these things live as bookmarked things for me to read. And it's got a GPT... GPT-3, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got a GPT-3 functionality called Ghost Reader. That, oh, I like that. It sounds creepy. So like, you remember the first time you opened up Word and it had the summarized document thing? Yes. And it was all like Gleep Glorp. It made zero sense. Yes. Every single one of these you see here, Dan, like it or not like it, like the writing of or, or the, the piece or not like the piece, every single one of those was done by a GPT-3 uh, AI functionality. Well, that's a lot of letters. That's too many. And that, it summarizes the article for you. And that's what I copied and pasted into the document here. Now, aren't those pretty good? I yeah. mean, you haven't read the articles yet, but no, they're not dumb and senseless. Even for like a listicle, like it does a pretty good job of like summarizing an article for you, which I think is incredibly useful. Especially for something very long. I read a very long this thing. Is, are you going to do this from now on? Because this is nice. Nah, probably not. So wait. So you're you're not typing any of this stuff. This isn't no. just you. This is some so. Kind so what of... you do is you go into. I don't know if you ever got an account, but you go to rewind and get on the beta. But you go to rewise reader. You're inside of an article. Okay. First of all, 
you know I love this app because it has an everything key. Well, we talked about it a lot the other week, it's, and I am we did. logged in. And I have Command the, K, Command K yeah. while you're logged in, gives you tons of options. And then meta key list things like if you're inside of an article, you're looking at one of your articles, a detail, not detail view, but you're in the article. Yeah. Hit, sh- are you on a, you're on a Mac? Hit Shift G. Shift if you get G. Those. Just any article at all. Yeah. Do you get a pop up? I'm doing, doing it now. Shift G. That was my rap name. <laughs> Back before it was called hip hop. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Okay. There's and, thing, how do you deter, how do you is there a like a I know it's magic. Yeah. It's it's isn't that kind of magic? Okay, so let me let me join you here. Um go to one of these articles and pick any of those. I would what I the one I used obviously is something like summarize the document or something oh, like that. Okay. Try that one just for fun. How does it do this? G, so I keep using these letters. Learning. Well, yeah, GPT-3 if you've seen all those interminable screen grabs of people talking to a chatbot in the last yeah, couple of weeks, yeah. that's GPT-3, which is I think it's so good that it's kind of scaring a lot of people because it's so good, which is weird, but whatever. But like, you know, so the triple dots up there, you don't get this on iOS. You only get this as far as I know on the on the um web app but mm-hmm. if you hit the hamburger though the triple dots you'll see you can invoke a ghost reader and which is shift g you can ask it a question summarize the do- i haven't tried all of these i think this is why teachers are particularly worried about you know cheating and stuff yeah. like that yeah um and then you can also build your own so under custom you click cu- so a- ask the document a question summarize the document and get my back pretty good right have you tried it have you tried one of these just to see what it does no, I mean I'm looking on your at document. It now. Try it's pretty fast. Try summarize the document just to see if you like what it said for summarizing okay. it. And um, yeah, okay. I mean that's and, pretty impressive that this. I is mean it's. I think that. it's very useful because. I mean, so I was reading something from um, the wonderful Slate Star Codex yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and it was really, really, really long. Well, sometimes I like reading a summary in the same way that one would read an abstract before, like, I, abstracts are all I feel qualified to read in most papers. You know what I mean? I'm not, I, I can't talk about the value of their, their P value and like no. what it's, whether it's good or not. Right. Um, but then you can also build your own. You see that bottom one, custom. And the example that they give to get you started is that you can turn any article into a haiku. And right now <laughs> I am on a New York Times article from this morning called George Santos Comes to Washington. It could be awkward, written by the great Annie Carney. Um, and I, I ask it to give me a haiku uh, based on this article. And here's what it gave me. Politics. Tensions high. George Santos arrives in D.C. This could be awkward. I had it run on... I, had, I might have mentioned this last time, but I do love this one because um, I'm kind of going through a David Foster Wallace thing right now. And I had it run on um, a supposedly fun thing I'll never do again. His essays that includes the wonderful essay about the pain of being on a cruise. And can, can I read you the... Did I read you this already? The haiku it gave me? Uh, n- Let's say not. No. There's, there's uh, one of the things he mentions is when he sees his 13 year old kid with a toupee, something he mentions in the article. Okay. This is the haiku it gives me for a supposedly fun thing. I'll never do again by the great David Foster Wallace sadness on the sea, a kid with a toupee scene, luxury cruise blues. And you could build your own. It's got like a little token language. I don't know what you call it, but you know, variable thing where you can go in and have it generate whatever you want. You can have it ask questions. You know who I worry more about is teachers. Cause like now teachers don't want to try. 
you already get the teacher's edition, which I used to steal a copy of every year. But but you uh, but now you can also have it generate questions about a text, which I think is extremely cool. So, what I brought today is uh, Twitter's a dumpster fire, which is a goddamn shame. I already miss it being good. I'm finding myself reading things more often. I I sometimes get so frustrated with not just news, but just the quality of news, the mm-hmm. writing of news, the hysteria of TV news, even though I do have MSNBC on in the background to watch Kevin McCarthy be humiliated. Um, that's my problem. It makes right. me happy to see him humiliated. Um, he's bad. You know, Trump called him my Kevin. Can you imagine a grown man calling you my Dan? What if I start calling you my Dan? I would love that. Into it? I would love that. All right, broom corn. Um... <laughs> And so, but I wanted to, it's, a, it's like a three-parter. And so what I did was uh, I wanted to share that, which I know is a lot, but here's some of the articles that I'm encouraging you guys to look at. And I want to be really clear here. I'm not saying I agree with everything. I think every all of the articles that I have added to notes, which I've read most all of mostly, I think are an interesting, often very strong POV on life stuff that tends to bubble up around this time of year. Not just the whole like you know I, I'm cold turkey like I'm I'm never doing uh, I'm never doing blue meth again, <laughs> but stuff like you know I may not be into making a giant resolution that I know won't go through and work, but I might be interested in reframes to the way that I think, and so that's what each of these articles um, uh, uh, represents. And um, so here's a few that are really good. Uh, let me give some. Okay, let me give, I know you guys love your tips and tricks. Um, one I think is very interesting, and, and people will bitch about this. This is an article by someone called. Um, I should. I like to credit the name. This person's name is Milan. It might be Milan Kundera. I'm not sure. Uh, wrote something called "Things You're Allowed to Do." Now, this was published in 2021. It probably popped up in like recommended reading, you know, in Instapaper or Matter. Um, and this is a, a piece called Things You're Allowed to Do, which I, I love stuff like this. This is a list of things you're allowed to do that you thought you couldn't or didn't even know you could. Now, and it's, it's pretty long, and it's got a bunch of stuff. I almost want to suggest just skipping over the section that's going to make a lot of people roll their eyes, even though it's a very good section. He starts out under a section called Learning and Decision Making, and he talks about you could hire a researcher or an expert consultant, like somebody to do like oppo on you or somebody to be like basically be your ad hoc editor and et cetera. Um, but then we get into the stuff that's really my shit. You, it's okay to ask obvious questions. It's okay to do surveys. You can buy ads um, to, to learn about your business, et cetera. Interpersonal things. Boy, I love this one. Say I don't know or I don't have an opinion when you don't. Don't stop telling white lies. You can be nice and tell the truth at the same time. This is all that sort of like advanced second grader stuff that we all need to be reminded about. Right. Stuff you didn't know you're you're allowed to be honest with people <laughs> about your enthusiasm and energy level about participating in something. That's okay to do. It's okay to travel somewhere just to visit friends. Did you know that's okay? That's okay to do. So this was a good one. And like I say, it's called Things You're Allowed to Do. And I, I think that's a good one that, that I recommend. I'll just do one more, and then yeah. we'll talk about boxes. Okay. Um, let's see. So, so the titles, what do we got here? Things you're allowed to do. Oh, this thesis on sleep one is pretty wild. And and this guy, is he's his angle on it is, because he's a reporter, his, his angle on it is very personal of like, hey, you know what? I think a lot of the stuff that's conventional wisdom about sleep is kind of BS. And here's why I think that. 
And it really, it has the whiff of somebody who gets a lot of their research from reading Reddit, but I still thought it was very interesting. <laughs> That's the best way to do research. Here's the summary in this essay. Alexi Guzzi questions common beliefs about sleep. An AI wrote this. This is better writing than SF Gate. SF Gate should just get a bot. He questions common beliefs about sleep, such as the need for seven hours of sleep, potential harms of acute and long-term sleep deprivation, and the bi-directional relationship between sleep and mania slash depression. That's pretty good writing for a bot. Um, and I think you'd be interested in it from your angle as the person who often thinks about, like, what is our natural state in mm -hmm. life? Like, mm -hmm. what, are, what are the things where modern or contemporary life have caused us to... I think about that a lot. Sure, sure, sure. Like the like the Dunbar number, right? Like mm -hmm. how many people can you really know? Uh, 150 is one speculation, etc. All these things. But in this case, he's saying, you know, everybody's talking about like blah blah blah. You got to get sleep. Well, think about how we sleep now. We sleep with in a secure. Most of us, most of us, I sleep in a secure house with walls. I control the environment. I control the temperature. Like, I, we we're like gods. We are. We get a nice bed. We still struggle with sleep. And then, important to Merlin Man, then we get mad about mm. how we struggle with sleep. And what he's saying is, okay, well, let's do that thing we all like to do, but talk about sitting around the, uh, eating elk around the let's campfire. Talk about important. Let's talk about something important, which is like we used to sleep on the ground worried that an animal was going to attack us. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's natural. Like, is there something to be said for like a more nuanced approach to sleep that's more forgiving in some ways, et cetera? That's a really good one. Um, other good ones real quick. The very slow thinker one I thought was very intriguing. You don't need to have a hot take as soon as somebody says anything to you. So true. Um, the year of rage, which is about why everybody's angry. Um, this was a really good one. Ideas that changed my life. And this is a person called Morgan Housel. I thought this was extremely good. This is all in notes. Back to work.lima slash whatever. Um, learning to think about the tribes are everywhere. People are more involved with tribes than you would think. Everything's been done before, but the scenes change, but the behaviors and outcomes don't. Multi Multidiscipline learning. There's, uh, there's as much to learn about your... This is highlighted. I can tell because I highlighted it. There's as much to learn about your field from other fields than there is within your field. Self-interest can lead people to believe and justify nearly anything. Just what... My friend John Roderick and I would call thought technologies. Um, that's a really good one. So anyway, let's roll in there. If you need stuff to read, you've got a nice summary here written by a bot. Um, and uh, you could go and find some nice things to read. Oh, living in expectation of the unexpected gift. This is wonderful. Um, this one was about, well, I'm not going to say. You should just read it. But it's you. I think you would like it from a Robert Persig sort of angle. Mm -hmm. It's about like all the the the... And it's, it's, not, it's not as obvious as I'm going to make it sound, but all the ways that we try to use technology or technique to improve our life may not really be improving our life. And that there's something to be said for the manual work that we do to do our work, which I think I, I, Merlin Mann loves that as a way to say, well, yeah, there's certain kinds of things that I want a cron job for this. Like, I never want to have to think about that again. Right. I, cooked a, I cooked dinner the other night in our supposedly fancy, smart, smoke alarms went off, which always happens right as I'm about to serve because that's when I'm searing something and that's when smoke <laughs> happens and I'm uh -huh. dealing with that. And, and I'm, I'm just part of me that's like, I got this like pretty costly, these two costly smoke alarms because it was supposed to not do that. And like, there's this part of me that's like, I haven't solved that problem, but now I have to scan a code and use an app to turn it off. And like, I don't know. Anyway, that's all good stuff. It's a good way to start the year. If you need something to read, because Twitter's a dumpster fire, you go to back to work to limo slash probably 601. Yeah.
And also check out Readwise Reader. And, and corn. Readwise.io, I believe, is the. Broomcorn. Broomcorn. Yeah, that's pretty much it. What time is it? Oh, we're good. Okay, good. We got 10, um, we got 10 minutes or so. Good, good, good. You, uh, wait, I got a text. Um, uh, you're going to bust home. Okay, sorry, family things. Is it okay? Do you need to go? Yeah, yeah right? things are great. My kids on a really cool field trip. This is their first week back from school. Um, you like sign up for these different like one week adventures in mm-hmm. town. You can like my kids doing one that's like hiking and another one that's like <laughs> like a full deep dive on uh, queer culture in the Castro. It's really cool. Good school. Um, and so everything's good. Is your year going okay so far? We're on day three now. Day three, it's it seems okay. You know, you're on the right side of the turf, like they say in Ireland. Here in uh, in Austin, you mean? There in beautiful in beautiful Austin. Yeah. I heard something about Austin recently. What did I hear? Might have involved music. I don't remember. But you're doing okay so far. Mm, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, what was the option? You know, you're doing bad. I guess is the option. yeah. That's true. Dan, you sent me a link this morning about a thing I've heard about a lot but don't know a lot about. I'm intrigued to hear what you uh, what you think about this. Uh, okay. Um, well, I was hoping that... I've you... heard people talk about time boxing. Time boxing. Bloody forever. Like, I've heard about it a long time, and I don't know a lot about it. So t- uh, tell me what you know about this. Well, you know, there there are people who would say that goals are bad, systems are good, and I'm on board with that. Um, but... Time boxing is a goal-oriented, or as you would say, orientated uh, kind of a system. It's very outcome-orientated. It is. And uh, basically, what if you, if you think about your life, your day, whatever, everything that you're doing really is kind of time-boxed already. If you say, you know, like, we need to go make dinner. Right. Well, we need to make this, dinner. The scheduled, scheduled meeting starts at this time, ends at that yeah, time. You're scheduling a, a meeting, you're making a meal, you're going to a grocery store. Everything is really time boxed, if you think about it. And most of us are already thinking about things in, in that kind of a time box term. I mean, how many articles that you read say it will take five minutes to read this article? And you're like, five minutes? I'll allow five minutes to read this article. You know, it's it's the concept of giving yourself a a box within which you are going to perform a certain activity. Mm-hmm. And so at it at its kind of entry level, that's what time boxing really means. It's 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 a scenario, an everyday scenario that you're going to say, I'm going to take this much time to do it. But what's different about time boxing and the hard part about time boxing is you only have a certain amount of time to do the thing, whatever the thing is. And so if you think of it as being like the, a, the, the, the right side of that box is critical yeah. because you're saying like, whether or not I'm quote unquote done with what I'm boxing here, I go on to the next thing. Correct. Yeah. And that's the hard part is that you say, I'm going to allow 30 minutes for this thing. And at the end of 30 minutes, whether I'm done or not, I'm moving on to the next thing. And that's mm-hmm. really the hard part because or at least it's, that's the hard part for me because once I get, going with something or I get feel like I get on a roller in a zone, you're like, well, I don't want to stop. Like I'm, you know, and I find- Especially with tech stuff, it is kind of easy to like, I mean- Oh yeah. But like, you know, what I, I think about me doing stuff, having to do stuff that I shouldn't be doing with like databases. Right. Where like, this is really not a good time for me to just, even with production and staging, this is not a good time for me to stop. Or, you know, there's just all kinds of things like that in life where it can be so difficult to pull well, yourself and, away. Yeah, and most of the time, 
the thing that you're trying to do, the task that you're trying to perform is going to take longer than you thought it would. That's almost a given. And it's, you know, you, sometimes you need to take a break. Sometimes you get an interruption, whatever, mm. but it's a lot of the times like you'll think, well, 15 minutes isn't enough time to really get into my zone, my groove, but 35 minutes I'll have lost focus on it. So part mm. of what is involved in time boxing or using time boxing to like help you with your schedule, your day-to-day time management is you have to, you start out and you, you will really suck at guessing how long things take. <laughs> and then you get better over time because you'll have paid attention. Like, well, last time I assigned, allowed myself 30 minutes and like at 25 minutes, I was finally where I wanted to be in my head to get, to get it done. Maybe I should do 45 minutes. But the, the concept of time boxing in general is at the start of your day, usually people will do this not just for a given day, but they'll do it for a week or a month or, or something. And this isn't project specific. In fact, it's, it's designed to not be project specific at all. Agnostic, really. Agnostic. And you'll kind of say, okay, I have these three or four things that I'm trying to get done all by the end of, let's say January. So at the end of January, I want to have launched this new project that I'm working on in my spare time. I have these two things that I'm doing for my job I want to get this project done around the house and how am I going to, how am I going to do all of that and still have time to do everything else? This is where you're kind of estimating comes in where you try to say, well, I think this project will take me 50 hours, but then at some point you have to say, you know what? I only have 50 hours to work on it or 20 hours or 10 hours to work on it. So I'm going to have to time box it as best I can. So what you do is you create your schedule for each day and you break it down in this one tweet that I had sent you, which I don't know if it's worth putting into. Yeah, I already put it in notes. Oh, cool. Um, So the guy there is talking about how he time boxes. And what he does is he comes up with sort of like three or four priorities, which he labels A, B, and C, because usually one of your projects is more important than another is a little less and another is a little less. So he just breaks it down for his example into, I think, three different, um, different sort of projects, A, B, and C. And the way that he's describing it, and this is, I, I think you pronounce his last name, tri- Triba. Um, yeah, but what he says is he's, he's talking about how, you know, well, he mentions Elon Musk, but also Bill Gates, they all use time boxing. And so he has a little, page from his notebook that he's taken a shot, a screenshot or photograph of and posted it. And he's kind of got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and how he's time boxing starting at nine in the morning until about, you know, three or 5 PM. And he has these different priorities and he says, okay, from nine to 11, I'm going to work on priority A from 11 to 12 priority C from 12 to one. It might take a lunch break from one to two thirty priority B. And this is just the way that he's scheduled it. But he kind of starts by saying, you know, figure out what your top three priorities are and then allocate percentages of time mm-hmm. to each of it's those a, different you start, things. You're starting from first principles, Clarice. That's I right. mean, the idea of like, I mean, I one thing I think is it was conceptually very strong about this. There's, I'll have remarks about this by the system. But uh, one thing I think is very strong is saying like, well, how are the how is the way that I'm spending my time? And I do say spending my time because I'm not saying like, what you know, best laid plans of mice and men, et cetera. Mm. Like, you know, are the things that I'm doing, the way that I, the way that I roll, <laughs> does that support the stuff I claim is important? Right. And so I think if that's something that you feel like you struggle with, along with some other things like, you know, time management, this is probably not a bad idea to say like, well, I say this is really important. At least at 8 a.m. this seemed important. So why isn't it done? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. 
And it's hard. It's very hard because it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to lose track of time. It's easy to, you know, get derailed. And so I mean, a lot of the stuff intervenes, including life. Oh, all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what he's his suggestion, he's saying that for most people, you know, we work 35 hours a week, which is 40 hours minus a one hour lunch. Um, I work a lot more than that. I've always worked a lot more than that. And the idea that there are people who are only spending 35 hours a week on at, at work and is like uh, amazing and I'm jealous of them and I want that. I think I spend 35 hours uh, working in the first three days of the week. Yikes, that's a lot. Um, but he, what he says is, he says, let's say project A is 40% of your time. Project B would be 30 and project C might be 20. And so he says, convert those into hours. So that would be 14 hours, 10 hours, seven hours. And then he says, convert that to days. Mm-hmm. So he says, you know, project A is two hours a day. Project B would be one and a half hours a day. And project C would be one hour a day. And he's jotting all this down. So it's helpful to look at these images. And yeah. then he says, put this in your daily calendar. And this kind of tells you what you're going to be doing. And I've actually done, I do this now that, you know, we've talked in the past a lot about email and I mean, my email is just sort of out of control all the time. But one of the ways that I've, that I try to get it back under control is by just setting uh, every day, a certain amount of time to do it. Like I think of all the things that, that, that one could, I don't know about that term box, but I, I, I mean, I don't know who you are out there, the listener, but I think if there's anything where you want to create an arbitrary box that mm-hmm. you stop whether or not it's done, I think that's something that is uniquely suited for email-like expenditure of time. And right. so that could be lots of things, but anything where there is a theoretically... I mean, the whole point of the Inbox Zero book that never happened was that you don't control your inbox, and that's what makes it an inbox. Right. You 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 don't get to decide. So if, if you choose to just say, okay, I, I I don't get to decide when I'm done, my inbox decides when I'm done, that's really a good thing to sit with. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if I could say the the notion of Inbox Zero, at least as I look at it, when it made sense and wasn't deliberately corrupted by dumb people. The The basic idea is that, you know, your email or whatever that inbox is, because an inbox could be almost anything. An inbox could be another person. That's not your life. That's a part of your life. Right. But like y- you, you oughtn't use, it's, it's almost like that old joke about, I, I can't be broke. I still have checks in my checkbook, which mm-hmm. is a very old joke. Ha ha. Right. <laughs> but that's kind of what you're saying is like, if anybody else has the ability to lob something onto your desk at any time and you feel the need to t- stop what you're doing and go take care of it. Some of that is always going to happen in life, but it's, it's not a path to being a well-balanced professional person to allow that to happen over much. So you, you're forcing, by, by doing time, you're also implicitly forcing yourself to, I hate this word, but I'll use it because it's word people know, to prioritize more on that in a minute. But like, if you say like, okay, well, I'll only do the important emails. It's like, well, or it's if you're a Stephen Covey person, like I need to do the, like the important, but not the urgent or the important and urgent. I'm what quadrant am I in? And am I an A task, a B task, a C task, all that kind of stuff. Like that can be a good glass to pour your water in if you find it running all over the table. But it also does take an amount of executive function at a high and 
runway level mm-hmm. to make sure that all that is working out the way you thought it would work out. Because thinking about your work and doing your work are very different things. Oh, yeah. And the thinking about your work that does not lead to the doing of the work is also valuable, but you got to do your work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, yeah, you, you might get paid to do email and think about, you think about your work, but what ideally or hopefully, one hopes, you'll be judged by your output, and you won't have any output if you spend all day either thinking about your work and or not doing your work. No, that's so, a great point. And I mean, there are so many jobs that, you know, that in the past measured your performance based on the number of hours that you put in as opposed to what you were able to accomplish in that time. And so I think, you know, this is something <laughs> that's like that's like deriving someone's batting average. It's like a file draw effect where you would yeah. say like, well, that's like deriving someone's batting average, but you get to throw out half of the times they struck out. Right. It's not right. that doesn't really you don't get a really useful number out of that. No, you don't. And you know, I think with um, with a system like this, the whole point of it is to help you just kind of manage your your time. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and and communicate that. And you know, back to the email thing, it's like I used to just have my email application running all day. Of course, and then we an all email did. an email would come in. It would be. And you would, hear this sound? Yeah, because it's Eudora, and it was nineteen ninety eight. That's right. And you'd be like, "Oh, I got an email," and you'd like look and you'd like go read it and maybe respond to it. You know, and and somehow we got this thing stuck in our heads and this, I think many people feel this way about messages as well, but that like, Oh, if an email comes in, it's important and we need to stop what we're doing to go look at it. But if you think about that, well, and, and, and I, if I could say again, it, it may not be one, a young person might not understand the need for something like inbox zero, but there was a time when not only were you expected to check re and read, right. <laughs> look at your right. email, but there was, for a time, a pretty implicit understanding that you re- you responded to all your email. I know that sounds crazy now, but yeah. like that was part of the problem. Was that it's it's I mean, e- but even taking out the like respond to my email part, the whole like knowing that you're never more than a couple minutes away from do 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 is going to create a state of mind that makes it difficult for you to sort of disappear into doing work you think is valuable if you're. It's, it's sort of like that thing I mentioned months ago, that idea Alex and I had for the bump, which is like, oh, I, I, I could say to you, oh, five minutes till we do this thing. Give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. Give me another five minutes. But what's better is to say, look, just give me a bump plus five, five minutes. So when you're ready to go, ready to go, ready to record the show, for example, that's when you text me and say, okay, I'm ready. And that means in five minutes we'll record. I don't need updates all day long about what you can't do yet. Right. And yet... Something like that uh, becomes this millstone that we all, hundreds of millstones, I used to call them pebbles, but, you know, it's that idea of like, uh, what I'm trying to say, at least if you have a mind like mine, I find it difficult to mentally or in some ways emotionally detach from something that's causing me a lot of stress because it's not done or there could be a change. And like, I think... I, I don't know, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I do feel like that ability to go into that box for an hour kind of seems to, I, I don't know anything about time boxing apart from what I've heard, but it seems to imply that there would be very valuable to do just that thing. Right, absolutely. And to not allow otherwise fairly normal day-to-day incursions into your attention, which obviously means you got to shut off your email. But then that also means like the, the real inbox zero thing is like, okay, but how do you develop the habits, the muscles, the restraint to not 
the, the, as I said in that essay on Tumblr, uh, as a follow-up, the real zero in inbox zero is how much of your brain is in your inbox when you don't want it to be. So you need to disappear into what you're doing. And if that box helps you do that, well, do that. And as I'll say in a sec, also learn from that. Learn from your estimations. That's just good project management. But yeah, no, I hear you. And so you've done this. You've done some. Yeah, I mean, I try to do this every day. And there's an article that I put <clears throat> into the show notes, which is, um, it kind of describes time boxing because we're kind of out of our time box now. Um, but it talks about like hard Ooh. versus soft time boxes where a hard, soft boxes. Yes. Where a hard, a hard time box is like it, it said that we needed, it said that I, I said I was going to be done at two 30. I'm done at two 30, regardless of where I'm at. And a soft time box is where you say, well, I don't really know how complicated this is or how long it's going to take. So like about two 30 is where we want to stop. Mm -hmm. And if yeah, it goes another 30 box, minutes, it's okay. Uh -huh. But you know, that, that is very useful in when you're first getting started, but what they have, if you get done early. Uh, what if it took less time? What break? if, the, uh, what if, okay, but no, seriously, that's an honest question. Like, improbably, so, you know, I, as a procrastinator, I often suffer from, I don't want to think about this. I have an aversion to this. I'm, oh, yeah. I am expressing what a, what a therapist might call avoidant behavior. Like, yeah. I don't want to deal with this. But then the irony is, once I do get started on it, all the hours that I spent not doing something and being frustrating, uh, frustrated about it, I realized that oh, all I really needed to do was make one call and it settled, and it only took five minutes. So in that is, do you move to another box at that point, or like you, what do you do if you, you're done early? You could, you could, or you could just stick with it and just take a break or use that time. And if something comes up, something like uh, the equivalent of a boss drops something on your desk while you're in box time, how do you how do you manage that? to stay in the box. Is well, that's a great question. And that's actually something that this guy. In, that's what in I think that's the question David Allen would ask, which that is, is a good question. Andy, your whole life Andy's, is interruptions. That's why you have a job. Well, Andy's answer to this, um, is, uh, in his step number eight, communicate your calendar, review your top three priorities and align with your manager, share your daily deep work output. So basically what he's saying is like, Tell the people who can control your time that this is how you're working and what you're doing. And right. at the very least, they'll be like on board with understanding it. But yeah, I mean, you have to be flexible. And if it screws it up, it screws it up. And if you yeah, don't but get I mean, time if you to do the do, kind of stuff we do, do where you're mostly kind of on your own in one way or another. Right. I mean, it does make it makes it makes some sense. I think it's sensible. It yeah. does. And so the some of the tips that is in this article, which is different from the, the tweet thread that you linked, mm -hmm. I put this in also. It talks about like prioritize your time box time, visualize your time, set a timer. That can be a very useful thing. Yep. And it says right here, turn off notifications, use do not disturb. Like ideally you are going to be in a situation where you don't want to get interrupted and you can actually time box time for your interruptions. Like you can, you can say, okay, I'm one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to spend 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is on email or I'm going to make myself, I'm going to give myself office hours where I can work on stuff that isn't as important mm -hmm. knowing that I'm going to get interrupted Absolutely. at that time. So you might say, well, from three o'clock to five or from two o'clock to five or whatever, mm -hmm. that's when I can be interrupted. And so, you know, like I've had to block when I've been collaborating or working with other people on teams, like I will just block off my time as it's busy so that when they try to schedule something like, oh, well, why is Dan always busy? from 9 a.m. until, you know, until 12 or whatever. Translation, well, why am I not allowed to arbitrarily put things on Dan's calendar with no knowledge of what is actually that's actual right. life and work entail? Yeah. That's right. But like, I, will I can't block believe off anyone's that allowed to do that in any organization. That's not your like administrative assistant. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think I, um, uh, we're, we, you want to bounce pretty soon, right? I, I must because I have an appointment that I have to you drive got a box. to. I got a well, box. Well, let me do this then. I'm going to have to do a mini rant. I would, wouldn't mind coming back to this. Let's come back the, to this. Well, for the extremely selfish reason that I, I have a lot to say about things around this mm-hmm. that are not directly germane to this. So I'll just leave with one, I'll just leave one idea here, which is, you know, any, any system can work if, you know, if it's a system that works, like I would never try and talk anybody out of this as somebody who has gotten a lot of benefit out of getting things done. There's things about this that I think would be tricky to implement. Mm-hmm. You know, one, if you're somebody who's gotten the gospel about GTD, doing something like this seems a little bit like arbitrary and doomed, but if you can do it, do it. Right. The, the, the extreme example perhaps that I've given many times and suffered from myself is, oh, I'm just going to draw a big box in um, whatever you use, Outlook, I don't know. You draw a big box that says Saturday from 8.45 a.m. to 7 p.m., I'm going to work on my book. And if I can write 1,000 words an hour, I'll have this and I'll be done. Okay, here's, here's like New Year's resolutions, you know when you're allowed to do that? You're allowed to do that when it's worked more than one time. Be mm. careful about making commitments to yourself that in your heart you know you will have to break or that you, you're not fully committed to. You, you, the, you cannot, most people, or at least Merlin Mann, I cannot, I cannot leverage a mean dad voice or mean principal voice in my head for, as motivation. That's like useless to me. Mm-hmm. It's got to be more intrinsic. The extrinsic pressure of other people does very little to help me get anything done. And in fact, it often gets in the way. Anyway, lots more to say about this later. I know you got to bounce. Here's what I would say about this. It, it sounds good. It sounds worth a try. Give it a try. One of these days, I have to learn what deep work actually means because um, it seems important. Um, Kel Newport interviews me for things he does, but he never sends me a galley. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but here's what I'll say about this. Um, if this works for you, that's good. I think one of the most important, if you're going to do something like this, I would recommend, and I'm not, I'm not Dr. Timebox, so forgive me. When you go into this, go into it with an open heart and look at it as an experiment, but look at it as something where you go into it saying, my friend Merlin tells me it's okay to try this as long as I look at it as an opportunity to learn and improve. And when I say improve, I don't mean improve according to your boss. I mean, you set your own expectation or you set your own, if you like, goal, whatever it is. You set your end state. You set the desired outcome. Whatever you pick is fine, but then you got to do it. And however you get from, this is something I know is valuable to do, which is trickier than it sounds. Anytime you get from, here's a conceptual idea of a desirable outcome to actually having finished it. Wow. If that were easy to do, there would be, we would need less work in general. But that's not how life works. Mm-hmm. So I would say your friend Merlin says, go into this with the idea that, well, you know what you're going to learn? You're going to learn that like every single person who's ever lived on this planet, your concept of how long it takes to do something is fucked. Like it's real bad. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know how bad it is. So this might be an opportunity to test it. But, you know, it's not that you've got to finish it exactly at the time you think. But one nice thing about being a project manager amidst all the hell of being a project manager is you get conservative about time estimates and you get even more conservative about commitments to anybody about how long it takes to do something. And that matters a lot. If you told your boss, it's going to take a, a Labor Day, one Labor Day weekend to build a 
suspension bridge, like you'll learn how well that goes pretty quick, but it's also true with yourself. Perhaps more saliently, more importantly, you can wound yourself. I'm not trying to scare you, but you can injure yourself. You can wound yourself. If you keep making deals with yourself that you break, something needs to change. And you can, you can call that, I need to prioritize or whatever. I don't, I don't care what your priorities are. I care that I care that you are not doing the thing that you think you should be doing. So there's a problem somewhere. And let's go straight back to like an hour ago or whatever, which is like dad's famous because he has projects where he gets really involved in the gear required to do something that's not important. And I know that. And that's why I look at it often as a hobby. I don't do that with my work. I don't touch any of the stuff I don't need to touch that works. <laughs> I mean, sharpen the saw, like all that kind of stuff. That's great. But like, but there's a lot of opportunities in a big system like this to screw yourself up in ways that can be difficult to understand and can be difficult to debug. If, if I don't know if that makes any sense, no, but like, but like just to make the most extreme example, like I said, like putting an eight hour, just saying, Oh, here's my box. I've decided that this thing is more important than anything else. So um, I can't give a hundred percent. I'll give 50% of my time to this thing. And you're like, well, you don't really know what you're doing until you're doing it. That's what most work is. Unless it's something you've done a million times. Like I know roughly how long it takes to be go from like I'm done recording with Roderick to it goes up. Unless something goes wrong, I know how long that takes because I've done it a lot. Right. The first time I did it, I didn't know how long it would take. In addition to which, the first time you do it, you have what I like to call the first Toyota problem. The first Toyota costs $20 million and the second one costs a thousand bucks. Like you have the built-in cost of figuring out what it is that you have to do. And if you th haven't fully thought through what you're doing, why you're doing it, and what a desirable outcome looks like, you could very easily squander a lot of good time and then just end up kind of angry with yourself. Mm. So anyway, I, I think it's valuable to, to, to learn from things like this, but also to just final, final, um, this is really old school. Like we're going back to the old school. We're going back to 2004, right? Here's my advice to you. When you're thinking about your work and your life, avoid becoming too enchanted with nouns and seek to become more engaged with verbs. So calling something a priority, it sounds really good. And we always capitalize that P because it's a priority. Mm. Well, priority is a noun. That doesn't mean shit. Like, what are your verbs, man? What are the little, tiny, stupid verbs? Do you even know what the verbs are to keeping that priority alive? Right? And I'm, I'm eliding the whole problem with the word priority, which I'm happy to go into. But I guess what I'm saying is with any of these systems, be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Don't yell at yourself. Like, I'm, I'm allowed to yell at you. That's why you're here. <laughs> what I'm trying to encourage you to do is to say, like, whatever, whenever you look into a big system like this that sounds like the solution because it lets you do more deep work, whatever that is, just remember deep work is a noun. Priority is a noun. Boxes are nouns. Those are all nouns. Your life is made up of almost impossibly tiny verbs. That's You will spend your life on verbs whether you want to or not. It's just sometimes that verb is the, you know, conjunctive sort of like being sad. <laughs> so anyway, keep an eye on that. Let's talk more about this later. We've given you plenty to read. Dan, your box mm. is closing. Box is closed. Will you look into getting a professional uh, broom corn broom? We do <laughs> well, that for definitely, me? Definitely, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, let's button this up. I love you. I love you too, brother man. <laughs>